Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 75 of the Alfie Wattam Technology Podcast. Um, as always, we are of course sponsored by welovealpha.com. If you're an engineering manager, a CTO or a recruiter, and you're looking to hire software engineers, whether that's React developers with mad front-end Picasso-like skills or Java engineers or C-sharp.net developers at Microsoft by day and Microsoft by night, whatever engineers you need, welovealpha.com is a place to go to hire the best developers in the UK. Um, thanks for joining us for today's episode. We're joined by uh, a previous guest who's come back on the, the podcast. Uh, Mohammed, could you uh, give everybody a little bit of an update, please, on, on who you are and, and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, my name is Mohammed. I have been in software industry, I think, for almost 20 years now. Uh, today, I'm an engineering manager in Google, like an SRE manager, uh, basically on uh, the group overseeing the SRE for uh, messages RCS, which is rich communication services. Yeah, that's about it for me. Like previously, I worked in different companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Booking.com, and a few other startups. Okay, awesome, awesome. And you were on previously when you were um, working at Amazon, but now now at Google and, and and back on the show. So thanks for taking the time, man. It'd be good to get your perspective on on kind of what's happening in the world of tech. So without um, further ado, um, we'll start with Starbucks. Um, Starbucks is detailing its blockchain-based loyalty program and NFT community. Um, Starbucks Odyssey, very cool name. There's the logo there. So Starbucks is getting into the world of NFTs. So uh, today, Starbucks officially introduced Starbucks Odyssey, which is launching later this year. Um, the coffee chain's first foray into building with Web3 technology. Uh, the new experience combines the very successful Starbucks Rewards loyalty program with an NFT platform, which is allowing its users and customers to earn and purchase digital assets that unlock exclusive experiences and rewards. So I think, um, Mohammed, that the, the idea is um, you'll unlock NFTs on, on the app, um, which will give you free lattes and free pumpkin spice drinks or whatever whatever you order in, when you're in Starbucks, right? Um, but it's, it's interesting to see more and more bigger companies like Starbucks get into Web3 and NFTs and crypto and blockchain. Um, what, what do you make of, of all of this out of interest? Yeah, I think like basically crypto and blockchain in general, like they started to get uh, a little bit of bad reputation. Like the technology itself is, is, is really nice. But they start to get bad reputation in some companies because they are linked into like cryptocurrency. Hmm. So people look at them as bosses, which is, it should not. Like there are a lot of other usage that can be used outside of just like let's do cryptocurrency or use it like for NFT, like basically let's sell this like weird painting for whatever number. So, and that's one usage that's what you described. It can't be used like that. It can't be used basically on, on unlocking for any digital set like a video game or it can be used different situation in like security or like cryptography in general. So I think it, it would be nice to see other usage rather than just correlating the technology to a, a single use or the main use domain that has been there for years. So can that's, I think, the main way that it can basically progress to just get outside the single domain of cryptocurrency and basically all of that uh, things that has been going on for years. 
Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, blockchain is about more than just Bitcoin and, and crypto. It's about so much more. And and even NFTs are, are about so much more than just a digital, you know, JPEG for, for sale on, on OpenSea. Um, and this is a good example of, of how um, NFTs are starting to get in the real world use cases and applications. So, um, you know, you, you can now basically you can use an nft as a digital receipt essentially to to show ownership yeah. of something so receipts um concert tickets like you said video games um so when you, when you say video games are you referring to using nfts in terms of um like clothing that you can have on a video game or or, or is it like un unlockable like an achievement yeah. or exactly stuff like like, like a game of uh, world of warcraft or basically those uh, massive multi uh, uh, player online games that when you basically get a new shield or something like that so it, it can't be tied into using something like that yeah that's cool that's cool well it's good to see starbucks um, getting involved in in web3 um i went to it wasn't an official starbucks but i went to a starbucks um virtual reality coffee shop in the metaverse very recently and it was um it was very very cool to see big companies like that getting more and more involved in, in, in into web3 and um and that sort of thing um moving on um from starbucks um and staying on the topic of kind of the cutting edge um side of things um smart clothing so forget silicon on this computer is made of fabric so this jacket can raise and lower its own hood without chips or batteries and one day might help disabled wearers move so essentially you've got a, a jacket here and it's controlled as far as i can tell by airflow by pressing certain buttons so dan preston logs onto the video call in a respectable uh, button-up shirt his personal style mainly towards the conventional but this engineer is all about his new fashion design, which is a black jacket, which performs um, motions without electronics. So it can raise and lower its own hood with the push of a button. Got a little JPEG here, a little video rather, a, a GIF showing what, what's happening. So by pressing a button at the airflow, moves the hood up and down and obviously you can only start to um, see other use cases for this in terms of um, it moving um, arms for example up and down as well so it, it's it's like a smart jacket smart clothing but not using electronics which is kind of interesting um what what, what do you make of all this yeah that's actually interesting like the idea of of, of getting up like by inflation like can can it just be there to add like but it's still going to use electronics, but the idea, like, if you touch water, can it inflate to become, like, a life jacket? Or basically, uh, how how far can they go to basically make something you can wear in different weather? Like, basically, does it heat your body, or can it basically be used to change color? So, right now, the basic jackets that we have, like, double face jackets, that you can just have two different faces, yeah. but if it has a chance, like, chance to, like, moving interchangeably or like changing colors or stuff like that then you can pretty much get like one jacket that replaced 10 of your jackets and like the possibilities would go in a lot of different directions because of it yeah, no, no, I can, I can certainly see it happening. I, I've seen more and more people um, that that walking down the street selling products, handing out leaflets, wearing screens on their clothing, especially on the back. It's a good way to advertise a business. But um, yeah, the, the, I feel like more and more clothes will start to become essentially smart clothing over the next couple of years. And um, one thing that I've started to see more and more um, is um, like NFC technology with, within um, clothing as well. So, uh, for example, on, on a sleeve, using that to open up doors, using that to to 
pay for your tube, you know, pay for contactless payment and, and that sort of thing. Slightly different to, to this jacket itself, but the concept of smart clothing, um, it's probably only a matter of time until that becomes almost the norm, what, what a lot of people are wearing in, in many respects. Um, probably hard to put a prediction on that, right, in terms of guess when it's going to happen, though. I mean, probably another couple of years away. There is one on, on the NFT, like basically the idea if you're like on a bike and you're going to a garage instead of waiting like on the door and waiting for it open, maybe it can scan you when you're coming and then open a door for you or something like that. So yeah, there is a lot of possibilities. Well, an, an argument could be made, Mohammed, that that it's a um almost like a, a stepping stone to getting the tech just embedded in you to, to begin with. You know, why have the NFC technology on, on the jacket and, and wave it when you could just get it somehow in your hand and and, and wave it on there? Do, do you think people will be um, jumping into that idea or do you think that's a little bit too, too far in, in a couple of years, so that the idea of human slash machine hybrid, if you understand what I mean? Do you think that people yeah, would be I... off by that or do you think people would go for it? I think that's basically what Elon Musk is working on right now. But I see not many people are, are, are still not, like most people are still not ready to, to have something like in their body. Like, because if you think about it, like smart, like any wearable, for example, not just the clothing, like watches or anything like that, you can leave it at home like really easily. But if it's something in the body, you need to go to someone to remove it or someone to add it. And then like, it, what if you traveled like in a country that doesn't have such doctors yet and you want to remove it like what would happen at the same time so i think there's still some time until this has become widely used or like have ways of making it used but easily interchangeable yeah you mentioned elon musk and um, his his Neuralink is uh is fascinating i mean the way he believes in a, in just a very short period of time with the Neuralink, he'll essentially be able to do um almost matrix like skill downloading where you can install a language into your mind and and be able to uh to then speak the language after it's been done obviously I, i'm imagining these some of these projects are probably going to take a little bit longer than um what he's optimistically hoping for but um i mean imagine the the, the ramifications on, on on the world if if you can install and then be able to perform karate or whatever the, the skill is that, that you're trying to learn have you seen the videos of the neural link i know it's still in early development but have you have you seen what elon musk's yeah. working on there yes but basically what most people uh, have fear about and i kind of share that fear because i work in software is basically the percentage of because any software would have bugs but then like when the bugs is basically something that would happen in your brain people would become like really scared what if i'm one of those unlucky zero point whatever percent sure yeah and end up receiving that bug and then just my brain like shut down or something like that what would happen and this becomes the main problem of like how to act, make it safe that's the main concern that i personally have yeah i mean it it, it does like these accidents do happen i mean i remember with the samsung phones exploding a couple of years ago because they were the, the the battery was was too hot and um you know all, all kinds of mistakes like this do happen i mean and inevitably a few neural links might 
go kapukt or, or, or haywire you know inside people so you're right it's a little bit less less of a risk when i can just leave my phone on my on my watch at home but having it in your head is is a dangerous um, step but one that i think inevitably probably will happen if the technology gets good enough people will will, will probably make that move i mean first the computers were on your desk then you're in, then in your pocket then you're on your your wrist then you're on your head with vr and then and then inevitably they'll be inside you um only a matter of time i imagine yeah, I think it is. It, it would become to the point when the benefits outweigh the risks. That's when a lot of adoptions would start happening. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, finishing off um, the the news from today, three um, D printing with Mars dust. It's not as silly as it sounds. So Martian rocks could provide the foundation for viable three D printing material. I think the concept here is if we if we do get to Mars. We can't take a lot of stuff with us. So if we can ha then have 3D printers um, creating a lot of the things that we need when we're on Mars, and obviously that would be um, a massive, um, massive w better way of doing it um, and saving a lot of storage when when shipping those items across space. So a team of researchers at Washington State University have turned a simulated version of a Martian rock into high performance material that can be fed into a 3D printer. Um, in a blog post, the academics explained the development could allow for essential tools and rocket parts to be manufactured on Mars itself, solving a variety of problems associated with the need to transport heavy payloads to the red planet. Um, what do you make of this, Mohammed? That's actually a very interesting idea like, that I never thought about, like basically, uh, and it, it keeps me wondering, like, what is special about uh, or how easy it is? Because, like, if you think about Mars, like the whole like solar system, or even when you go to the universe, like it is the same material, like basically coming from Big Bang. So it's like, yes, I'll not some materials to exist on Mars that doesn't exist on, on Earth. So for me, it's, it is the same question: how easy for you to come like with a 3D printer and go to the desert and basically use whatever materials there to print. So it needs to be that easy. Otherwise, you need a lot of heavy machinery to do the trans transformation from rocks to that material, which would pretty much defeat the purpose because you still need to like transfer those machinery. Yes, mm. it would basically cut some of the stuff that you want to or to tra transfer, but it's still maybe not not so viable right now with the current technology for space. And the cost associated with that. But yeah, I think it is a good step in the right direction. Yeah. I was speaking to somebody once, um, I think it was on the podcast from, from SpaceX, who made a really interesting observation, which is um, what happens when we have 3D printers, which can print 3D printers, which can then print 3D printers? Because then if you if you have a 3D printer, which has got a, a camera on it um, and a microphone and that's hooked up to, to the cloud and they're all connected then a 3d printer creates a 3d pre printer which then gets sent into space it has a camera it has a mic and then that then self replicates and, and replicates and replicates and then before long you have millions of these of these things all with cameras all with mics so we're we're seeing all all over the universe by sending them into space we're, we're hearing what, what what's going on they have other sensors on and, and and that sort of thing all of the the um the, the video and the audio is being collated so you can watch it on your smartphone in in, in theory so um free free printing could be a huge step between um you know as 
being on one planet to to being on on a ton of planets because we can use it to do the research to make sure it's safe for us to go there and and that sort of thing before we send send people um does that make sense what what, what i'm <laughs> describing i'm haven't yeah, really I, described it as well as they did but it all to go to like loss of uh like con, con, conservation of energies like basically transfer tran transformation between like the first phase which is the mm. rocks the second phase which is the material to be used to create another like those uh, recursive creation of uh, of 3d printers that's like the the point that needs to be resolved once this is resolved i think everything else would be much easier yeah, the 3D printing, um, the use cases, um, I was speaking to somebody recently about, because when, when you think about 3D printing, at the moment, it's um, a way to make a a toy essentially in your house it doesn't have many applications but more and more people uh, are investigating using 3d printing to create food um you know if you can have a basic material and that can create a variety of different types of foods and that can play a massive role in in solving you know famine and, and world hunger if instead of having to grow food you can you can literally print it um However, on the flip side, um, there is a big, big problem at the moment, especially in the States, uh, with something called ghost guns. I'm not sure if you've heard of these, but um, obviously tracking guns already is pretty difficult, given how many guns are in, in America. But um, if you're at home, you can now 3D print your own gun or your own weapon or your own knife and and you don't need a license to, to get one in, in, that, in that case because you can just make it at home do, do you think that sort of thing could cause a problem if, if people are 3d printing like weapons that can't be tracked and and other potentially dangerous things as, as well as as well as a good side with mars you also have some risks don't you with, with this sort of thing it would be like uh, but again like it, it's all about what's the kind of material to be used because, like, if you think about guns as well, there is ammunition and basically, uh, like, how that uh, the gun itself, like, you need to build from a material that can handle that kind of pressure. So it mm. it, it needs to be like a 3D printer that prints. It should be like a really advanced 3D printer. But then it would come to a point like such 3D printer would be super expensive. It definitely would be more expensive than a person going to buy like an illegal gun. Yeah, yeah. Would be like like this would be something that only like weapons dealers or something like that or that can afford to do such uh, uh, thing because no one would go and buy a device like a million dollar to print a gun that they can buy from like black markets for like five hundred dollars or something like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, so that deal would provide some kind of protection for this scenario, but again, like moving much forward, like when this becomes like much more basic price goes down but who knows like how kind of weapons we, we have sex then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean a gun might be the least of, of somebody's problem at, at that part but uh, but yeah look, look only probably a matter of time i mean phones computers everything starts out very expensive very big works its way down to get smaller and smaller and smaller less and less expensive and and who knows only a, only a matter of time until what we're speaking about in in theory might 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 become a reality uh, okay, cool. Well, look, um, awesome. Well, thanks for coming um, back, Mohammed. It was good to, to get your perspective, your your point of view on what's happening in, in, in the world of tech with a few stories at the moment. Be good to, to do this again in, in a few months. Always be good to, to, to get you back on. So, uh, yeah, so th thanks for your time, mate. I do appreciate it. And uh, thanks to everybody for watching as well. Thank you.